This morning, um, I just want to kind of keep going with this theme and this, these thoughts that have been we've sung already. I mean, I feel like everything we've sung, I'll, I'll reiterate some things, but they really reinforce a lot of what I'm saying, and you'll see as we go through. It's just, it's just amazing, and it's, it's a powerful thing. This morning, I want to start with, with a springboard verse in 3 John. Maybe you haven't been there in like 14 years, but in 3 John and verse 2, 3 John verse 2, that really long book in the Bible, you know, with 14, 14 verses. But, but 3 John and verse 2. And John says this, um, Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. And there's a really powerful thing here when we talk about, and, and we're, we're addressing this morning, as you can imagine, as we've sing, how it is well with my soul and how it can be and must be well with my soul. And so John is writing here and his desire, as he says, is that I want you to prosper physically even as you are spiritually. And what's, what he's stating here and saying really is that, that his beloved, those, those believers that he's writing to, are, are, are they're it is well with them. It's all good. I don't usually like that expression all the time, but it's all good in their soul. They are right. Their relationship with God, they know what Jesus has done, and they're walking in that power and that truth victoriously, and it is well in their soul. And he uses that to say, just as healthy as you are in your soul, I want you to be healthy in your body. Why not? Now, we know our bodies break down, and they're breaking down. I can totally testify to that, and many of us can. They don't last forever. We have hurts. We have pains. The, tr- the same is true with our, our, our souls, right? But he's saying here, your soul is well, and I do want your body to be just as well as your soul physically, like healthy-wise. So how well is your soul this morning? And having said and, and read these words of John, his desire for those believers he's writing to, that they would be just as healthy physically as they already are in their souls, how well is your soul health? How healthy is your soul? Now this morning, I want to offer to you from Scripture, and I'll be reading a lot of Scriptures as well, but just four things, if we're going to maintain, if, there's, if we're going to maintain what I'll call soul wellness, soul wellness, there are four things that we must remember. Now, I could give you 99 things. Want me to do that? People are like, no, don't go there. No, there are many things. I don't, I, don't, I don't mean to say that these are the only things, but I want to give you four things that I think if you do these things, you will maintain a healthy soul. Okay. Now, having said that, having said that, I don't want to mislead anybody. I don't want to. I want you to want to walk away with a false impression. The only way that your soul is made healthy in the first place is by Jesus. Yes. There is no other way. Your soul will never be well until. God touches you, the Holy Spirit touches you, and, you, and you, you, you are regenerated, and you repent, and you turn to God, and Jesus comes into your life by the Holy Spirit. He enters your life, and you are it, it, it you are well. You're whole. You're, 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 you really are whole in your soul when Jesus is there. And that's what happens at salvation, at conversion. You are well in your soul. And that hasn't changed. Your status before God hasn't changed. It's all good because of what Jesus did and you believe that. However, the health of our soul varies. 
Right? We have ups and downs. We get weak. We get strong. Sometimes our soul gets diseased, and of course, by sin, which still can touch us this day. And it does affect our soul, right? And, and, and we have to maintain that soul wholeness or that soul wellness. And I think there's four ways and four things we have to remember if we're going to maintain soul wellness. First, if you're going to maintain soul wellness and be healthy in your soul, you've got to remember that God is in control. It sounds redundant. It sounds like we've repeated this a thousand times as Christians. Good. Let's keep repeating that. God is in control. Even in the midst, or even with everything going on in our world, in our own lives, in our finances, in our workplace, in our relationships, whatever it is, God is still in control like He always has been. Now, I, I, I say that because I know that in the back of my mind that's true. And I say that because here I know that's true. But sometimes here, I'm like, I don't know. Like, I, I know, but I, I struggle with it. I struggle with it. I struggle with saying that in my mind. When I'm, my, I love my mind. My soul knows, and I know God's in control. But sometimes I look around, I'm like, God, I know you are, but wow, what, look at what's going on in my own life, in our world. It's kind of crazy, but God is still in control. Now, because God is in control, it, it naturally, because he's in control, or in theology we say he is sovereign. It's a term, we, and, and it, you find that in Scripture, he is sovereign God. He's almighty, and he's in control. They go hand in hand, because he's all-powerful, right? All-powerful in control. And it implies, and it says something, because of the fact that God is in control and sovereign, it means that he has a plan. God doesn't do anything by accident or in the spur of the moment, all of a sudden, like, I'm going to flip-flop. Nope, that's not my... I'm going to go against my will, my plan. I'm going to do this now. No, God has had a plan from the beginning. Yes, even He had a plan, and it's hard to grasp in my mind, but He even had a plan way, way back when all the angels before Lucifer was cast down were all worshiping God. God already had a plan. Because before the foundations of the world, God had a plan of our, of our Savior already. He had this in his mind. And yes, in our mind it can beg many questions. But the reality is, and the Bible tells us, that God is still and has been in control. And he has a plan. You know, we feel, don't you sometimes? Don't you feel like sometimes you have no control? Well, the truth is you don't. Yes, I'm not saying you don't, you, you don't take responsibility. We are called to be responsible and do the right things and be responsible. But, but there are many things that we have no control over. And we still try to control and manipulate and move and shake and, things around and, and make it happen so that it aligns up with what we want and, and what the plan should be so that it's good. And we feel like when we do that, that we get tired and exhausted because the more we do that, we realize, wow, I, I, I can't, I, I'm not, not in control. I'm not in control. And do you know that the more control that you try to take of your life, your soul and your, the spiritual condition and everything around you and other people and everything going on because of the, the manifestations of sin, do you know that that affects your soul wellness? Because the more you do that, the more likely it is that you will fall to some sort of soul illness where you will get weak and you will get now you won't be strong in your soul. You won't be whole because you're trying to take control. It's hard to not look at circumstances and not feel like everything's out of control and that no one is in control. But I remind you that God 
is in control. In Hebrews chapter 1, the first chapter of Hebrews and verse 3, the Bible says this, talking about Jesus. He is the radiance of his glory, that being God, and the exact representation of his nature. That is saying that Jesus is God. And this is the part that's really important here. And he upholds all things by the word of his power. By the word of his power. that He upholds all things. He girds it up. He keeps it all working and supports it and makes it all happen. It is Jesus by his word, by his plan, by his will. Because through his word, he reveals his plan. He shows or, or demonstrates through his... The, Right here, his revealed word. He's been so kind to give us this. He shows us what his intentions, what his plans are for you, for me, for humanity. And it's all about Jesus, his son. It's all about him. It's all about Jesus who holds everything together. Colossians says that as well, that everything was made for him and by him and he holds all things together. He is in complete control. Absolutely. You know, there was a time just to, kind of make a little side note here, make light a little bit of, but there was a time a few years ago where Patriots fans thought that everything was always under control because of Bill Belichick. He's always under control. Well, lately, it doesn't look that way. Doesn't it? Oh, no, you're going to say, oh, he still has a plan. He is. We'll see. He won't be in control all the time. It doesn't work that way. We'll see that about other coaches, other leaders, other things. We put so much stock into these things, and we think that they have a five, ten track year track record of being in control and having everything. They all, it always falls apart. Humans can't sustain that forever, right? It won't happen, but God is in control all the time. And because he has a plan, and that plan will happen, we take great I'm going to say this in a humble way. We take great pride in what the Bible tells us about what God has for us and how he, his relationship to us works. In Romans chapter 8, which again, not to steal Pastor Dan's thunder because he'll be in this passage this Thursday if everything goes according to plan at 7 o'clock. But in Romans chapter 8 and verse 28, what does the Bible say? It says, and we know that God causes... God causes. God is in control. God causes all things. Not just some things, not just some people, not just some circumstances, but all things he causes, right? To work together for good to those who love God. There's a condition there. But who love God to those who are called according to his purpose. When you are God's, and you know that he's in control, he has everything under control according to his plan, and his plan will not be thwarted. God is in control. There's a powerful scripture, even in the Old Testament, not just the New, but in Isaiah chapter 46, the Bible says this in verses 9 to 10, and and this is echoed in other prophecies and by other prophets in scripture. In 46.9, The prophet Isaiah says this, and God is saying this, Remember the former things long past. For I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is no one 
like me. Not even like me, he says, like me. No one, there's only one God. And then in verse 10, he says, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things which have not been done, saying, my purpose will be established and I will accomplish all my good pleasure. I am God. I am in charge. I'm going to do as I planned, and nothing will stop that. And that plan is still unfolding, and we see that with God's people Israel. And Paul writes about that in Romans as well. He will accomplish his plan for his people. He's a covenant-keeping God, and he's in control, and it will happen. If you want to maintain soul wellness, remember that God is in control, not you. Secondly, to maintain soul wellness. Know that God is in control. But secondly, know that God is faithful. Remember that God is faithful. There is not one human being who is unfaithful. It's, it's, it's just the truth. I don't care if it's in the smallest way. That word does not fit the character profile of any human being. But God is faithful. And when we remember that, our soul becomes even well again in those moments when we think everything's out of control. Oh, but wait, God is in control. Oh, and he's faithful. That means that he's not going to leave, not going to give up, not going to go back on his promises. He's not going to break his covenant with me, even though I break my covenant with him. He's still going to be faithful. And, and God is faithful to the end. Listen, that means that he does what he says. It means that he keeps his word. It means that Oh yeah, by the way, that he sticks to his plan. No one will stop his plan for your life. Now, there's something amazing. I'm going back to Lamentations, and there's just this image in my mind that I want to share with you that, that is really important for us. In Lamentations chapter 3, and I mentioned earlier in service, how Jeremiah is lamenting how the wellness of the soul of God's people, they were very ill. In fact, they were ostracized from God in many ways. They were separate because of their sin, their rebellion. And as a result, God said, you've been doing this so long. You've been so unfaithful, and I am just. And it's hard to reconcile, but I'm merciful and just at the same time. You, there's a price to pay for this. And, and they were in captivity. And not only that, but Jerusalem was just leveled. The country was leveled. They had nothing there. to. And Jeremiah is looking back, and he's lamenting, lamentations. He's crying about this, the situation, the condition of God's people and the condition of the land and all that is God's, by, God's people's by covenant. And he's saddened by this. And in chapter 3, very popular scripture, a lot of us know this and we use it to encourage ourselves and we should. And he says in verse 21, this I recall to my mind. Therefore, I have hope. Now, let me just make a point here. This I recall to mind. In the New American Standard, I love that word that they use. This I recall to mind. Because you know what it's doing? It's like going into your computer, and it's like you're recalling an old file. You find it, you call it, and you bring it up onto the screen that's before you. When we recall this about God, that he's faithful, and that he's righteous, and he's holy, and then we have this great hope, that happens when we recall in the back of our minds, in those circumstances and situations, when it feels like I'm unfaithful, no one else is faithful, things seem out of control, but I recall God is faithful. 
He's still there. He always was. When I look back at my life, wow, God was there. We sang about that. Through it all, through it all, he is still faithful. And we bring it up from our memory, in the recesses of our memory, and we bring it up to the forefront, to the screen of our minds. And when we look at that, it reminds us, wow, God did do that. Wow, God has been all along. He's, he's been there. And, and he's here right now and right there. God is faithful. And here's why. And we go back and we recall those things. And remember that God is a, is a faithful God and we have hope. And verse 22 says, The Lord's loving kindnesses indeed never cease, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is thy Faithfulness, and we even sing a hymn, Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father, right? Um, great is his faithfulness. There, and, it's, and, and, and even the translation in the, from the Hebrew in the New American Standard, they took care to capitalize great, the word great in your translation. Why? Because there is no other. It's almost, it's parallel to the almightiness of God, Yahweh. And the all-powerful God, it is great. There is no other faithfulness like God's. There is no faithfulness but God's, and it is great. It is awesome, it is persistent, it is consistent, and it, is, it goes on forever. It's powerful stuff to remember that God is faithful. You know, he is, he is faithful to be compassionate, merciful, and gracious, Right? His mercies, His grace, there are different translations here. But in the New American Standard, it says that His loving kindnesses never cease. It is that covenantal care for His people that He has is what it really means in the Hebrew word, in the language here. It's a covenantal care that we can't even understand or express. It's such a love that He's bound to us because of His nature and because of His word to us. And His compassions never fail. That His love that acts on our behalf will never stop. It'll keep going and going and going for our good because all things work together for good. Now, I want to share a story with you because we talk about God being faithful. And this is just, this just hit me like a ton of bricks last night. Man, and actually in the afternoon, and I kept it to myself. But it was amazing. I'm looking at my family. Yesterday, we took a trip up to Cranston. And we were up in Warwick, went to Cranston. And then we just had this spontaneous, oh, let's go get coffee, whatever. So we went. We kind of thought about it, but then we went. We went to, we got coffee. And, and, of course, food. How can you not have food? So we went into this coffee shop, and as we walked in, I noticed that there were two gentlemen sitting on the end of the building on these, these chairs. And I, I don't know why I noticed them, but they were there, and just looked over, hey, there's two guys out there. Went inside, we did our thing for, what, 20 minutes or so, we're having our coffee, delicious iced coffee, and, um, you know, our muffins or whatever. And then when we came out, it was like, when I came out, I think all of us kind of at once, all of a sudden, but I, it was like, boom, this, on, on those two gentlemen, they were still there. On, on, on the one, it was like this big, red, shining light coming out at us on his shoulder. And I'm like, whoa, what in the world is that? That was my, like, and then, you know, instantly, I was like, that's a macaw. Like this big old macaw, right? Isn't that cool? And they were all, we all looked, we're like, whoa, all together. And so we went over, and we start talking. And we talked to this gentleman, and he actually, what he does is he rehabilitates birds. He works for the Long Island Rehabilitation Center. But he was out here, and he's got this macaw. He has two. And so we got to meet the macaw. The macaw's name is Sydney. She's 27 years old. She can live to be 80 years old like most macaws. In fact, when I saw him first, as I put my coffee in my car before I we went over to talk to him, I said, is she in the will? 
and he left. He says, actually, because people don't think about that because he was older than me. And so he's got to leave her with someone, right? She was beautiful. Perfect feathers, long tail, amazing. Why am I saying all this? Because there's, there's a truth here that applies to God's faithfulness, and here's what it is. Four years ago, he adopted her. And he adopted her, and when he adopted her, it wasn't the easiest thing. He had to earn her trust, and he had to work with her and all kinds of things. And here's why. Here's why. There's a parallel. I'll get to it. There's a parallel. He had to earn her trust, be patient for a long time. And it's because she was in an abusive home, potentially. Right? And he even proved it, and he showed it this way. He said, watch this. He says, you can touch her on her head or whatever, but he says, but do not go even near her tail feathers. Don't even go near her tail feathers. Not that you can't do that with other macaws, but with her you can't. And we're like, why? He was explaining. Well, we think during our process of rehabilitation that some of the abuse or whatever was going on, that maybe children involved or other people, they were constantly pulling at her tail because they're beautiful, like long tail, like these feathers, beautiful. And he says, so even, watch this, and he took his hand, and he went close, and that thing started nipping him, and, and she... I think, that macaw was, was make, she was, what was she doing? She was like complaining and she was getting grumbly and kind of annoyed and because she, it was like flashbacks, frankly. And so they discovered that. So you can't even go near her tail. Now, what's the parallel? This guy took all this time to rehabilitate her. She was under this abuse. The parallel is this, is that over time, over time, he earned her trust because he was faithful to be there while she was injured, whatever, from her past experiences and whatnot. You know what the parallel is? Is that every, and I don't mean to, I'm trying to be careful here, and I apologize for those of you who have been in these situations, but do you know that every single one of us, and there's many of you in different situations, we come from a a past of abuse. Without Jesus... Every single one of us has been abused by sin and sinful people. That's the consequence. That's life without Jesus. That's life with people whose souls aren't well and whole, and they do things to each other. And even now, because of sin, when the soul isn't healthy, even Christians do things that are abusive or destructive or hurtful. But before Jesus, we were all abused by sin in some way, shape, or form. Now, you know your story with Jesus. I don't mean to make too much of that, except it's the truth. But along came Jesus, and the Bible says that we've been adopted into the family of God. We've been adopted by Jesus, by God, through His Son, Jesus. And Jesus, who is so compassionate, so merciful, who sacrificed Himself for us, and He took care of us, and He wooed us by His Holy Spirit, He brought us in, and then He's tender and careful, and He knows all our pains and hurts, but He earned, he earned so much trust that we can now run right into His lap. And this macaw was even able to go on Cohen's shoulder. I got pictures to prove it. And then every staff came out of that, that, that little coffee shop, and they want pictures, and on the arm, and on the shoulder. And he says, I wouldn't do this if I didn't trust. But four years ago, this wouldn't be happening. That's what God does with us. Because God is faithful. He's trustworthy. He keeps his word. He's not out to hurt you. He's out to work all things together for good for those who are his and are called according to his purpose. And he, that's like that macaw with this guy. And it's like, you know, a match made in heaven, if you want to put it that way. And he rehabilitated her, adopted her. And you would never know it. 
until you go to the tail. But I mean, otherwise, this bird was amazing, so calm, so like, I could say other things, but it was amazing. And it's a powerful thing that shows that God is faithful, just like Sydney's owner was faithful to take care of her and earn her trust. Jesus did that by dying on the cross and then being faithful to be good to us. Thirdly, if you're going to maintain soul wellness, you've got to understand, you have to remember and remind yourself over and over, and I'm not going to spend much time on this because we sang it in the song and it sums it up perfectly in it as well, right? That God has the problem of sin solved. He's dealt with it. I shouldn't have to say, and I don't, I don't think I'd have to say anything else, that we should know that it is well with our soul because God took the sin problem and he dealt with it once and for all. Forever. That owner of that macaw will never allow that macaw to go into that house where it was abused ever again. He was emphatic about that. Now, I, he even takes birds out of situations like that rescues them and just keep the parallels keep going right but it's amazing god has the problem of sin dealt with solved we know that romans 3:23 says that all sin and fall short of the glory of god we know that but it bears repeating right the problem is sin because every one of us sins but then there's even a bigger problem the well the outplay of that the consequence of that the penalty for sin romans 6:23 says is death yes we all die physically but this is a spiritual death where we will be separated from the grace of God, the gracious presence of God forever after we die in this physical body unless we have been adopted by him, unless we have believed on him, trust him, and place our complete faith and trust in his saviorship and lordship. Psalm 32 is a powerful scripture as well. David writes this and how the blessing of how the soul, the spirit rises up. And in Psalm 32, verses 1 and 2, David said, How blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven. There is nothing that makes your soul well or that makes you say it is well when you know you're forgiven. Even by a person, when you know that, it is, it's all good. It is well. You feel whole and at peace and at ease inside because of forgiveness. But how much more all your sins because of what Jesus did on the cross and how God forgave you because of his perfect sacrifice. He forgives you of all of that. He says, and he says, whose sin is covered. How blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. How blessed is that person whose sin is forgiven. It's all good. It is well. My sins are gone. We sang about that. In 1 John chapter 2, the apostle writes these, this, these words. 1 John 2, verses 1 to 2. He says, my, my little children, I am writing these things to you that you may not sin. Uh, yeah. That you may not sin. Because that's the expectation now as children of God. But he says, and if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. I love that. The righteous. Not me. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins. And not only for ours only, but also for those of the whole world. Man, Jesus is the one who stands on our behalf. And every time we stumble when we're unfaithful, he's faithful to be at the right hand of the Father and say, Father, They've come to me. Look at what I did on my cross, on the, on the cross of Calvary. Forgive them. Their sins are covered. And God says, yep, your sacrifice is sufficient. You're the covering. 
it's all good. But we've got to confess them to get our soul to be healthy again. Because when we don't, our soul health suffers. It suffers. God has taken care of the sin problem because of his forgiveness. Lastly, remember, God is in control, God is faithful, and God is taking care of the sin problem. And those things are, you have to remember those things. But fourthly, remember this thing too, that troubles are temporary. If there's any way to get your soul all riled up, worked, and distressed, and frustrated, it's when you think that you know, this will never end, and it's just always miserable, and it's always tough. And, it's, and when, you, when you live that way, your soul suffers. Oh, it hurts, and it groans, and it moans. and Not that we, don't, we all do that, but it is very, very, very burdensome to live that way. Even if they last. In fact, even if, even if, even if your troubles last your entire life, they're still temporary in light of eternity. I know in the moment, if you're going through really difficult things and it's been a long time, that doesn't sound good, but it's the truth. It will all be gone one day. Troubles are temporary. I love the Apostle Paul's words in 2 Corinthians in chapter 4 and verse 16. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 to 18. The Apostle Paul says, Therefore we do not lose heart, but though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. I love the contrast he has here when he writes these verses. Verse 17, For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. All these contrasts. But I love this. He says, for momentary light affliction, in light of the glory, in light of the weight and the eternity, and of what we suffer now, what will be, it's light, and it's very short compared to eternity. And he says, think about, none of us have suffered or gone through the troubles that the Apostle Paul has that even are recorded in Scripture, not much less history. And yet, he says, they're momentary and light afflictions. I mean, that's crazy. You know why he could say that? Because his soul was well. He knew that troubles don't last forever, and he made a point here to the Corinthians. You know how you, you, know how you get through all your troubles and remember that they're temporary? Is you, you recall to your mind Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3. Isaiah 26, 3, recall that scripture to your mind. Very easy to remember. But you will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is stayed on you. Let me paraphrase that. Think about Jesus all the time, and you're going to be in peace, and it's going to be all well in your soul, no matter what you're going through. I know it's easy to say, but if you do that, it easily works. It does. Keep your mind on him and you'll get through it all. So as I close this morning, I have a question for you. Is it well with your soul? Is it well with your soul? Only you know, but God knows as well. What is it that's affecting the the health of your soul? Is it sin and stubbornness? And you wanting to take control all the time and 
you're not trusting God's faithfulness because you know that you're not faithful and others aren't faithful? Is it because you think that sin still has a grip on you and God says Jesus took care of it all? Or are you just so just in despair because you think your troubles are never going to end? I leave you with this scripture and we'll pray. In John chapter 14, Jesus says these words that I think are fitting as we leave our service this morning. In John 14, verse 27, Jesus says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. You know why? Because it is well with my soul when I trust Jesus as my Lord my Savior, as the author and the finisher of my faith. Amen? Amen. Lord, I pray that as we leave this morning, we would leave encouraged and lifted up in our spirits. God, I pray that we can walk out of them. And if, and if there's someone who cannot walk out of these doors and say, it is well with my soul, Holy Spirit, I pray you would arrest their hearts. You would speak to them and that they would surrender all over again if they need to do that. Or maybe for the first time, someone will place their trust in you and confess their sins and understand that you paid it all, Jesus, so that their soul will be whole and well. Lord, we love you and thank you that you're faithful. And as we go, I thank you that your faithfulness will be with us and it will empower us, it will strengthen us. Let us go in your spirit, Lord God, not our own, and help us, Lord, to share, Lord Jesus, this peace, this hope, this joy that we have because of the wellness in our soul as a result of the good news of Jesus dying for our sins. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day. Let it be well with your soul.